0: When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot, you'll feel like
1: a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA SafePilot. Restrictions apply. There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat. Or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal.
0: Welcome to Harvest Christian Center. I'm Dr. Foreman, and you're getting ready to hear an incredible message from God's Word. If this message speaks to you in a supernatural way like we believe it will, be sure to let us know at our website, harvestcc.me. If you're led to sow into the ministry of Harvest Christian Center, you can do so as well by visiting our website. Get ready to prepare your heart, mind, and spirit to receive this incredible Word that God has for you today. Remember, love God, love people, and love life. Let's go into the message already in progress next to you and tell him say so that almost made me dance. Tell him, no. I saw some of y'all too. Y'all wanted to get it too. Listen, when you give your life to God, that doesn't mean you stop having fun. It doesn't mean you stop uh, enjoying enjoying uh, life and those kinds of things. In fact, you're not living until you serve God. Prior to you know Jesus, you're not doing nothing but sucking air. Hallelujah. Y'all ready for the word of God today? Good morning harvest. Uh, listen, so glad that you braved the uh, blizzard of thirteen. You can't listen to the news because they'll make you think it's the end of the world every week. I mean, they made it seem so bad over the weekend. I mean, Castle Rock shut down the outlets and restaurants were closing early, all kind of stuff. And I got out on Saturday. I said, "Let me just see what this looks like." And I got out there. I said, "You got to be joking. This ain't nothing but a rainstorm." Are you serious? And so we welcome all of those watching on the Internet campus that believe the hype, don't believe the hype that the news says. Amen. Y'all ready for the word today? Lift, Lift your Bibles high, if you will. Let's make our confession of faith together. It's on the screens. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. It gives me abundant life. I am not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word teaches me that I am more than a conqueror. My mind, and my mind, excuse me, are prepared to receive and apply the message that I am about to receive. Remain standing, if you would. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We are in our series, Spiritual Gifts, and we've only got two weeks left today and next week in our series, Spiritual Gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 31. While you're flipping there, don't forget you can connect with us on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube. And all kind of tubes and texting and all of that. Don't forget, you can do those kinds of things. First Corinthians chapter twelve, verse thirty-one. You got it. You, if you still flipping, say, "Hold on, Bishop." I'll wait on you because I'm patient. Amen. Amen. So you should have it by now. Okay. First Corinthians. I'm just messing. first Corinthians chapter twelve, verse thirty-one. You Got it. It says this. But earnestly desire. Somebody shout desire. desire. I said shout desire. desire. But earnestly desire the best gifts. Now I want you to flip just a couple of pages over to First Corinthians fourteen, verse one. First Corinthians chapter fourteen, verse one. First Corinthians chapter fourteen, verse one. Written by the same man, the Apostle Paul. He says this. He says, Pursue love and shout that word out. Desire spiritual gifts. Look at your neighbor, say, Neighbor, neighbor. There, is there is a gift that you may not have, may not have as a dominant gift. But you need it. In fact, you want this one real bad. Father, speak in this house. We are ready to receive the word. Our hearts are prepared. Our spirits are prepared. Speak now with such clarity that every individual would believe that you had a magnifying glass or a surveillance system in their homes this week, God. The word would be so direct and so precise that it would be undeniable that it is God speaking through a human being, that it is you speaking through me, Father. I decrease that you might increase, that we might move into those things that you have ordained for us. And it is so. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody shout hallelujah. As you take your seats, encourage somebody next to you. Tell them, I want this gift. Say, I. I want this gift. Hallelujah. You can be seated. You know that the goal of this series, Spiritual Gifts, has been to teach you that you are gifted and that God wants to use your spiritual gifts to help change the lives of others. And in this series, we've shown you how to clearly identify, use, and maximize your spiritual gifts in every sphere of your life. More importantly, you've been learning how to use your gifts to change the lives of others. God has a plan. Say, God has a plan. I'm part of that plan. Say, God wants to use me. Now you'll remember this, a spiritual gift is a supernatural ability to do God's work for God's glory. And we've learned in this series that spiritual gifts are normally grouped into three categories, the motivational gifts, the manifestational gifts, and the five-fold gifts. You remember that, and we've learned that. But one of the gifts that we learned about was giving. Uh, and when we talked about that gift, I told you that we'd come back to it later on uh, in this series because I did not want you to have a misunderstanding about what that gift means. It comes right out of Romans 2. 12 and 6. It says, then having gifts differing according to the grace that God has given us, let us use them as prophecy. Let us prophesy in proportion to our faith or ministry or serving. Let us use it in our serving. Who, who teaches in teachings? Verse 8 says, He who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality. Say, He who gives with liberality. Aha, uh-huh, he who leads with diligence, he who sows mercy with cheerfulness. Now, this is interesting. Say, I want this gift. Say it again, I want this gift. Uh, The word that's used there in the Greek, uh, and I tell you the Hebrew and Greek meaning of words, Hebrew, your Old Testament, Greek, your New Testament, I tell you the meaning of those words because in translation, when you come from Hebrew to English, you lose approximately three words. When you come from Greek to English, you lose approximately two words. So I tell you the original meanings of the words so that you get the totality of what's really being said. Because while it says give, the truth is it is the Greek word metodoimai, which means this, to give or impart or invest from your substance I'm I'm gonna say that again it means to impart or to invest from your substance say impart or invest from your substance now here's why that's important to understand because that's something greater than just giving Uh, so you can give but never having given anything of your substance you're not, you, you didn't get what I said. You, know, you can do things that appear to be giving on the outside, but it's not really of your substance. Have you ever done something for somebody and the only reason you did it was just because you felt like if you didn't do it, you might feel guilty later on. And so you really only wanted to give your weight of 15%, but you thought it's just an extra $1.25. I mean, I, oh, y- y- <laughs> this side of church needs to get saved because y'all ain't saved. He was saying he was saying, he who imparts from his substance, he who invests from his substance, which means this giving is deeper than just here's a tip. This giving is deeper than just here's five bucks. This, div- this giving is deeper than just, well, I guess I better do it since I said I was going to do it. This giving says I am going to invest from my substance, which means this is the gift of the investor. God, I wish I had a church here. This is the gift of the investor, and you'll understand, if you understand anything about investing, uh, that not everybody has the ability to invest, uh, because some people are concerned that if they invest, they might lose their investment. Oh, but I'm here to tell you, when you invest in Jesus, there's never a day in your life that you're going to lose on any kind of investment. Do I have at least... Forty or fifty or something like that, y'all that understand. When I invest in the kingdom of God, I have never lost. W- so watch this. Be seated. Watch this. This is the gift of the investor. The investor has the ability now to determine uh, when something is a worthy investment, and so they will invest. Watch this. Not twenty dollars. Not thirty dollars. Not a hundred dollars. Watch this. They will invest, and it's greater than money. They will invest up their substance because they want a substantive return. You cannot expect a substantive return if you've not invested of your substance. Some of you said, saying, Bishop, I don't get it. That's all right. You're going to get it in just a moment. Right? It says your substance refers to these five things. Firstly, your time. That can include, watch this, uh, in the church world, that can include serving in the church. That can include investing in deserving people. Uh, notice I said deserving people. You don't invest in everybody that has a need because every need not a valid need. Okay, got real quiet right there. I don't have time to teach you that. Uh, This could be investing time by telling other people about your God, telling other people about your church. But secondly, your substance refers to your talent. Say talent. Uh, That means using whatever talent you have, whether you can sing or whether you can act or whether you can whatever. It means using those talents for God's glory. Thirdly, your substance refers to your resources. This means using what you already have to benefit another. Sometimes people think that they can't be uh, uh, giving uh, because they don't think that they have enough themselves. But let's just tell the truth. You got clothes in your closet that haven't seen the light of day. Okay, so now y'all in the middle want to act crazy too. This is the only section I got. Jesus, when it snows in Colorado. Well, what, what, honestly, we have clothes in our closets that have never seen the light of day. We bought them with intentions on using them to be faith builders. Some of y'all sit on Sam. stand. You bought it knowing it was too small, but you said, I'm going to. I wish I had a lady that was a witness in here. You knew you couldn't fit it when you bought it, but you said, I'm going to get it anyhow because one day soon, I wish. Can y'all come back to Jesus over here? <laughs> Fellas, we buy gadgets and we buy stuff because we think, well, one day. And it's been seven years, and one day still has not come of your resources. It means taking what you have and then using it to benefit another, which means you, that could be, you know, whatever resources that you have. An example I already gave, using your clothes for the clothing bank. You can't wear it, ain't going to be able to wear it, and just it ain't going to happen. Unless somebody that's down all in that area going to, okay. <laughs> okay, I'm going to leave it alone. I'm going to leave it alone. I'm going to leave it alone. I'm going to leave it alone because it's snowing or it was snowing. So I'm going to leave y'all alone. Next thing of your substance refers to your spiritual gifts. That's that's what this whole series has been about, using your spiritual gifts for God's glory to advance God's mission. And then lastly, your substance refers to your finances. Now, in the world of God, that means your tithe, first 10% of everything that comes into your hands. That means your offering, everything above that, and your first fruit, the first of increase, which I don't have time to reteach that today, but, but there's teaching materials available. Now, now, check this out. Say my substance. My substance. Time, talent, resources, gifts, finances. Time, talent, resources, gifts, finances. Now, everybody in here and everybody watching online, everybody in the center of my voice, you have those five components. Yes, yes. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, now, watch this. The Apostle Paul, when we just read those verses of Scripture, he didn't just teach uh, that the, what the gift was called he taught how the gift should be deployed he didn't just define it he taught how it should be deployed he taught how it should be used and he says he who gives let him give with what was that word he used liberality mm-hmm. the Greek word there which means watch this generously copiously those of you that just lost right there doesn't mean a lot watch this without self-seeking he said so when you give he says give generously give abundantly or copiously and don't do it because you're expecting something in return for whom you're giving it to okay he said don't do it with self-seeking have you ever had somebody do something for you and the reason they did it is so that they could hold it over your head later on He he said, when you do it, he said, do it without self seeking. So then, watch this the spiritual gift isn't just giving, it's being a generous giver. I I wish I had somebody here. Uh, The gift he's talking about is not just the ability to give, he's talking about the ability to be a generous giver. And for some, uh, when they give anything, it's done inconsistently, or they give based on emotion, and that principle, or they give based to try to manipulate someone to do something. But we got to understand that the gift Paul is talking about. Is being a generous giver, and I'm here to tell you today, as sure as I'm standing here, you want that gift. Somebody say, "I want that gift." We told you that every week that uh, in this series, spiritual gift, that we have a gift for you, and some throughout the series have been tangible, and others, like today, are, are gifts that are impeccable intangibles. Watch this. Twice the Bible teaches us that we can desire spiritual gifts. It is like a spiritual Christmas list. You remember? You remember when you growing up? Some of y'all still do it. And, <laughs> <laughs> Amen. You remember growing up, you had a Christmas list? Yes. None of y'all had Christmas lists? Yes. Y'all don't speak to King Lingus or something? You can't hear me. Christmas? Yes. December 25th. Yes. Happens every year, same time. Different day. Yes. Now, now watch this, watch this. You, you have a Christmas list. And so, and so some of y'all, you remember, you, you get the Sears catalog. Or the J.C. catalog, come on! Don't y'all leave me out here. And when you couldn't wait for that catalog to come, because as soon as that catalog came, you started going through the pages, talking. Come on! I got one witness. Start! I got two. I got four witnesses. I got. I got seven. Can I get eight? I got eight. I got eight. I got nine. Can I get nine, Not gonna get nine, Can I get ten? And so you couldn't wait for the catalog to come because you couldn't wait to see the new stuff that they have. And the truth of the matter was that every year you would begin to build anticipation for those things that were in those or catalogs. But the truth of the matter is, is you knew you weren't going to get everything. So what you would do is try to prioritize the items on your Christmas list so when you gave them to your parents, you could say, now listen, you ain't got to do that one. But now if you could just do those two, and those were the two most outrageous, you wanted a guitar but never even played, you're not hearing what I'm saying. You wanted a karaoke machine and couldn't even sing. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. You wanted, okay, all right. It's y'all okay all right it, it is like having a spiritual christmas lift paul says you can desire spiritual gifts which he in essence what he's saying is is there's some gifts that if you notice that are not a top gift for you that you need to have a desire because of the benefits that come with the gift i said there are benefits that come with the gift Uh, You should desire the gift of being a generous giver. And I'm going to give you three reasons why. Now, there are tons more um, that I've taught on before, but I've only got time for three today. And before I get into these three reasons, I want to say this emphatically uh, so that we're clear. Uh, We are not talking about being a generous giver of our substance, time, talent, talent, resources, finances, uh, spiritual gifts. We're not talking about doing that so we can earn God's love. I don't want you to misinterpret me. I don't want you to misquote me. I don't don't want you to do that. Uh, We already have God's love, but there are some things that you need to tap into that you're not currently tapping into. So there's some stuff I need to tap into that I'm not currently tapping into. And if I'll become a generous giver, I'm going to tap into it. Could you imagine, could you imagine for a moment, let's just take a commercial break for about 30 to 45 seconds, brought to you on behalf of Jesus Christ International Ministries. Could, could you imagine, could you imagine, could you imagine now being an individual who was part of the Rockefeller family uh, years and years and years and years ago when things were first getting going? Could you imagine being a part of the Ford family? Years and years and years and years and years ago. Could you imagine being part of the Carnegie family years and years and years and years and years, and years ago? Could you imagine being part of a family who today their name is, 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 is it yields power. And their name is associated with abundance. Could you imagine being a part of a family like that? Now, I got good news for you. You, you. You're part of a greater family than that called the family of God. But, but now watch this. Even though we're part of a greater family being born into Jesus, even though we're part of a greater family, the truth of the matter is, is that there's some areas that we don't tap into that we're supposed to have access to. Are you still hearing what I'm saying? Okay. You, you say the name Rockefeller, it means something. They got a whole plaza that the Today Show broadcasts from every day. And when you hear that, it brings certain thoughts to your mind. Bishop, what are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is there's some things in your life, and I'm not just talking monetary or physical or, or, or things of that nature, but there's some things in your life that you're not currently tapping into that when you begin to ask God to make you a generous giver, that you'll begin to tap into. So it will be just as if your family name is greater than all of the ones that I mentioned. Say, I want this gift. Okay. Now, last night, last night, when the Lord was speaking to me about this, I almost got up out of where I was preparing the teaching, and I just wanted to run around my home and shout. Uh, and I thought it might be, you know, you weird or whatever. I closed the blinds, though. But I thought it might, because <laughs> I know y'all nosy in Denver. Y'all, what's going on over there? <laughs> and so. And so, but I wanted to get up, and I wanted to just run around my house. It shouted me so incredibly. I called one of my pastor friends. I said, you got to listen to what I'm telling you. And I said, and if it don't do nothing for you, I don't care, but it's doing something for me. Bishop, why? Because it's very simple, yet it's profound. Say, I want want to to be a generous giver. Okay, three reasons here they go real quick. The first reason is you can never outgive God. You can never outgive God. Christianity is based on giving. It's disingenuous to say that Christ is Lord but yet you be stingy and selfish. God is a generous giver himself. He gave something over 550 times throughout the Bible. Uh, most famously, he sold himself in a body called Jesus to get a harvest called humanity. Uh, but watch this. Proverbs 11:25. Flip there. Proverbs 11:25. You cannot outgive God. When you're a generous giver, and we're giving from our what? Our substance, which is our time, our talent, our resources, our spiritual gifts, our finances. Look at Proverbs 11.25. It says, the what kind of soul? The generous soul, mind, thoughts, will, emotions, will be made rich. And he who waters will also be watered himself. Now, watch this. I already explained to you why I give you the Hebrew and Greek words. So, listen to this. The phrase made rich is the Hebrew word dashin. Say it with me. Dashin. Check check out what this means. It means satisfied. The generous soul or the generous giver will always be satisfied, which means even if it doesn't have everything that it'd like to have, it's still satisfied. I wish I had a witness in this place. The generous soul may not be driving what you think they ought to be driving, but the generous soul is satisfied. The generous soul may not be living where you think it's fine, high living, but the generous soul is satisfied. But then watch this, it has another meaning. it means fat I'll shout myself I don't care it says the generous soul will be made fat literally the translation says fat and greasy He says the generous soul is going to be fat and greasy. Here's what it literally means. It means that, watch this, the the imagery the scripture used was defining the word and the etymology of the word. It means that the generous man will be anointed with God's favor and God's grace to where not only is he going to have more than enough, but every time it looks like a situation's getting ready to clamp down on him, he's so greasy, he just slides right on through. Where my fatties at? Any fatties in the house? Baby, the generous soul will be made fat. You can't hold me down. You can't touch your and Say, what's up, fatty? <laughs> the generous soul will be made fat and greasy. Every time you try to stop me, watch me slide right on through. Every time you try to knock me down, watch me slide right on. Why? Because I'm a generous giver. Sit down. What's this? Then it means, then it means, there's a third meaning. See, I told you three words. There's a third meaning. Then it means uh, that phrase made rich, that the generous soul will have his ashes taken away. The generous soul will have his ashes taken away. What are ashes? Ashes come from the remnants of what were once your plans, once your dreams, once your vision. What happens is sometimes life gets set on fire. And you're not left with a dream home. You're left with the ashes of what it could have been. But I got a word for somebody today. When you'll become a generous giver, God says, I'll take away your ashes. I'll take away the pain of what didn't work yesterday. I'll take away the frustration of what didn't happen for you five years ago. I'll take away the anger at the fact that they walked out on you when you were engaged. I'll take away the ashes and I'll give you joy instead of ashes. You can never outgive God. He'll satisfy you. He'll make you fat and greasy, and He'll take away all of your ashes. High five your neighbor and say, Hey, fatty. Hey, fatty. Now, for those of you looking for something to get offended by, we mean spiritually fat. But, but it, interestingly, historically, when, when a person. Uh, was well nourished Uh, uh, that person was considered to be a person of nobility because it was clear that they had the means to not miss meals okay second thing second thing say I want this gift now listen if you don't if you're not a generous giver you're not going to be satisfied you're going to be skinny and hungry and you're going to be sitting on top of ashes. And it's dangerous to be around people who are sitting on ashes because they want you to be sitting on the same ashes they're sitting on. Be careful when you start telling your plans and your vision to people who have never accomplished anything in their lives because they will not want to see you accomplish it. Just be careful. Second reason you want this gift. Say, I want this gift. Say, I want this gift. gift. is because when you're a generous giver, it's a spiritual weapon. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. It is a spiritual weapon. Sometimes people that have been uh, in church for a while can get kind of spooky and weird when you talk about spiritual warfare. And so they'll be talking about, oh, last night I was fighting a demon. No, you wouldn't. (laughs) Let me me just tell you, no, you were not. You lack understanding. That's what you did. But you was fighting is a headache. (laughs) Or or maybe you needed some Pepto-Bismol. You wouldn't fight no... Bishop, how do you know that? Because you don't even understand the, 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 the rules of engagement. That's right. They can't even engage you like that. That's right. Okay. Come on, All right. Say spiritual weapon. Spiritual. Uh, Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. You got it? Amen. Now, I'm telling you, when you have this gift where you're a generous giver, watch this. It's a spiritual weapon. Look at verse 4. It says, for the weapons, you know this, come on. Say it with me. Preach it like you're going to preach it to me. Of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Stop right there so that I don't leave anybody behind. Strongholds are things that have captivity over all three parts of your humanity. So you are a speaking spirit that lives in a physical body that has a soul, mind, thought, will, emotions. A stronghold has captive all three parts of those uh, areas of your humanity. It's got your mind, it's got your soul, it's got, your, it's got you wrapped up, tied up, tangled up. You, you, you ever been, can we just take a little testimony minute right here? You ever seen yourself in a stronghold and not been able to get free, but you saw yourself in it? And you, could, you said to yourself, why in the world? I know I'm not supposed to be doing this. I know I'm not supposed to be fooling with this person. I'm not, but why in the world am I sitting up here in a stronghold? It's because you didn't know what your weapons were. Oh, but I got a message for all of hell today that somebody's getting ready to get their spiritual weapons today and they're not going to walk around bound anymore. High five somebody says it's a spiritual weapon. Look at this it says it says casting down verse 5 arguments and every high thing that exalts or pumps it, pu- pu- pushes itself against the knowledge of God bringing every thought into the captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled Check this out. Watch this. What's interesting is Paul tells us what the weapons do, but he doesn't describe what the weapons are. But he tells us how we can identify them. He says, he says for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Carnal just means human. They make no human sense. Uh, human sense says, you hit me and I'll hit you back. Human sense says, you lie to me, I lie to you back. Human sense says, if I don't have enough, I'm not trusting God with what I got. Oh, God, I wish I had somebody here. Human sense says, get all you can, can all you get. That's human sense. The problem is, is that does not make God sense. Our flesh, our humanity or carnality doesn't desire to be a generous giver because it thinks it's losing something because it does not understand that it is making an investment and generous giving is one of the ways that you fight spiritually sometimes you have to generously give the opposite of what you're experiencing I'm going to say it again because it was so rich, this side missed it. Sometimes you have to generously give the opposite of what you're experiencing. Bishop, what do you mean? When you need prayer, stop praying for somebody else. When you're depressed, start encouraging somebody else. When you've got more bills than money, start increasing your giving financially. You must sow the opposite of your enemy. Now, somebody, somebody why? 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 Because, because, because it's a spiritual weapon. People sometimes look and, 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 and they'll get mad at other Christians who are, who are seemingly doing well or whatever they define that as. And they'll sometimes get angry with them. And the reason they'll get angry with them is because they see a product, but they did not see the investment. They see a harvest, but they did not see the seed. See, you see your neighbor smiling and happy today but you didn't know that a couple of years ago they were thinking about ending it all. You didn't understand that a couple of years, who am I? You didn't understand that they went through a valley and they went through a storm that was making them think they'd never be able to make it out of it. Baby, you see their glory, but you have no clue what their story is. Don't you be angry at what your person next to you is doing or what they've got going. You don't know the cost. Touch your neighbor. Say, you don't know what I had to pay just to sit in here today. Do you know the hell I had to go through just to wake up in the morning? Who am I talking to? There were days where you just said, God, if you can just take me out of here. I'm tired of this, God. I can't do this no more. God, if you'll just get me out of this mess. But if it had not been for God's grace, if it had not been for God's mercy, who am I talking to in this place? For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Watch this. I saw the opposite of what I'm experiencing. That's stupid to our minds. In our mind, you did me wrong, I'm going to do you wrong. God says, no, baby. No, no. So the opposite of what you're experiencing. Jesus. Your, your mind says if you don't have enough money, don't you give God nothing. But, but the spirit says, increase your offering and Somebody said, Bishop, why? I'm glad you asked that question. You must be an intelligent person. Go to Ephesians chapter 6. I want to show you why. I want to show you why. I want to show you this. Generous giving is a spiritual weapon. Let me tell you something. Can I just can I talk about me for just 10 seconds? There have been some financial valleys I've faced in life. And my mind said, No. Nah. My mind said, you, you don't, you don't, you, you, how are you going to even deal with that? But then the gift kicked in. And the gift said, the only way out of this pit is to give your way out. The only way out of this debt is to give your way out. Y'all, y'all, not see, see, y'all, y'all losing me right there. You saw the opposite. You, you saw the opposite of what you're experiencing. When you're experiencing negative things, okay. So don't take that to a place I didn't take it. So when yeah, thing okay, okay. Now, now take this out. You get, you get to Ephesians. Amen. Now, let me show you why this is a spiritual weapon. Ephesians six, verse seven. You got it. Amen. With goodwill, doing service as to the Lord and not to men. Right. <laughs> doing service here could also be translated to generously giving. With goodwill, generously giving. See, because doing service is giving of your time. resources perhaps talent and gifts with goodwill generously giving as to the lord and not to men you you know what we get messed up is that anytime something leaves our hand we think it's leaving our life And, and anytime we do something if the person we did it for doesn't say thank you or doesn't act like they are indebted then, then, then we sometimes think, see, that's why I ain't going to give no more. That's why I ain't going to do. I ain't going to help nobody no more. I ain't going to do for nobody no more. But, but you touch your neighbor and say, it's after, it's after the comma. See, what you didn't understand is you had to keep reading past this here comma. He says, with good will as to the Lord and not to men, which means everything I'm giving while I may be giving it to you. What you don't understand is I ain't giving it to you. <laughs> What you got to understand is, I read after the comma. I'm giving it to the Lord and not to you. Which means, check out verse 8. Jesus, I'm going to just throw my jacket off. Knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive the same from the Lord. Let me tell you why ain't nobody over here shouting. Ain't nobody over here shouting because you didn't read past the comma. He says, knowing that whatever any good anyone does... God's going to pay him back. (laughs) Meaning what you make happen for others, God makes happen for you. What you make happen for your church, God makes happen for you. When you open a door for somebody else, don't you look at them to open the door. Watch God open. He'll open the floodgates for you. Whatever I make happen for somebody else, God is going to make happen for me. Baby, that's how I'm standing here today. Because I open doors for other people. And God said, baby, watch me open a door for you. You yeah. seated. he says, he says, he says, knowing that whatever good anyone does. And getting, you're getting mad at your friend. You see, Bishop, I was there for them. And I prayed for them and I helped them. And when I needed them, they weren't there. You're looking for the wrong person to return the investment. That's like going to Wendy's and paying Wendy's because you got a salad. I'll see y'all guys. Because you're trying to cut down our MSG. And so you got a salad with some, with a vinaigrette nothing with milk and cream and eggs and stuff that's the equivalent of going and paying Wendy's and trying to go pick up at McDonald's and getting angry at the fact that when you get to the second window at McDonald's that they say well you have no order here sometimes God will intentionally cause people to fail you so that you realize that you were looking to the wrong person for the return in the first place Sometimes God will intentionally allow people to disappoint you so that you can realize you shouldn't have been looking to them anyhow to see the investment be returned. Whatever I make happen for others, God makes happen for me, which means you may not like me. You may not like the way I shout. You may not like the way I preach. You may not like the way I dance. You may not like the way I say hallelujah. But baby, it don't really matter what you think about me. Because I've made some stuff happen for other people. And now God is making it happen for me. When I'm a generous giver, it may leave my hands but it never leaves my life. That's how some of y'all are going to be debt free by the end of this year. It's not because you, who am I talking to? It's not because you you make enough money. It's because you're a generous giver. Whose word is that? I declare somebody in this place. I got a word from heaven. Somebody in this place, by this year's end, you owe no man anything except to love him. I told you, I told you, I told you, I told you on, on New Year's Eve, I told you that this was going to be a year of four things, and one of those things was going to be of great sowing. And, and, and you got to understand, whenever God begins to speak to you about generously giving of your substance, it's because God plans on generously repaying you. Don't be like Job and have to force God to take it. Okay, I'll leave that alone. I'll leave that alone. I'll leave that alone i leave that alone. i leave that alone. i leave that alone. But can I mess with it? I want to mess with it. Can I mess with the section over here? He said, Bishop, what do you mean? Don't be like Job, just crazy wife. And I call her crazy because she said, well, why don't you just curse God and die? In two days, Job gets two messages that change his life. They are messages that tell him, Job, everything is gone. And what is interesting is that when you get to the end of the book of Job, uh, Job goes through this entire dilemma. It's like a lifetime Saturday afternoon special. I mean, it is something just like, wow. (laughs) Wow. Job goes from one moment saying, blessed be the name of the Lord, to the next moment saying, I curse the day that I was born. Job goes from one day saying, God is good and God is faithful, to the next day he's saying, I can't believe I'm in this mess. God, why don't you just kill me and get rid of me? Anybody ever been where Job was? One day, Job was high spiritually because he came to church and got a word. But then by that same night, a bunch of hell had happened that day. And that same night, he's saying, I can't deal with this no more. Job went back and forth. But what's interesting is at the end of the book, the book says that at the end, Job, watch this, that Job, when he prayed for his friends, that Job received double. (laughs) Check this out. Check this out. Check this out. Job gave of his substance. Out of the apparent and obvious lack of substance. See, some of y'all, you don't understand because you think, Bishop, I'm always the strong and I'm always the one that's got to do this. I'm always got to do this. I always got to give. I'm always doing that. And nobody ever does it for me. You don't understand. God was trying to develop the generous giver in you. Watch this, Bishop. What do you mean by that? Because at the end, Job, even after his friends said a bunch of gave him a bunch of mixed counsel, Job still prayed for his friends and the Bible says God gave him double. Now, Bishop, what do you mean uh, don't let the Lord have have to take it from you? What do you mean? Because could it have been this is conjecture, hypothesis go with me down scientific lane for a moment if you would could it have been that God knew that what The harvest that God had planned for Job, Job would never sow significant seed for. And could it have been that God forced Job to invest? Okay. Okay, I'll leave it alone. I'll leave it alone. you get that on the way out. you get that on the way out. There's some stuff that you lost, but I got to tell somebody. There's some stuff that you lost and you're saying, God, how could you let me lose it? God said, because I needed some seed from you. And the only way I was going to get the seed from you is I had to let them take it. I had to let them repossess it. I had to, who am I talking to? I needed. Okay. All right. I'll leave it alone because I can see some of y'all are getting a little lost right there. When you're a generous giver, giver, things leave your hand, but they never leave your life. Last thing, last thing. And y'all go get my basketball shorts because I'm just going to go. Not because I can play basketball, but because I need to run. Watch this. Third reason you want this gift. Say, I want this gift. gift. Is because it's a bounce-back guarantee. (laughs) It is a bounce-back guarantee. Watch this. Go to Isaiah 32 and 8. Isaiah 32 and (laughs) 8. Generous giver of my substance, my time my talent, my resources, my spiritual gifts, my finances. You don't have all of that just so you can sit on it. Touch your neighbor and say, get off your blessed assurance. (laughs) Isaiah 32, 8. Y'all ready for this? But a generous man devises generous things. He's a generous giver. And by... Faith. That's what it says, right? And by faith, huh? What does it say? No, it don't say generosity. It says and and by love. That's what it says, right? By love. Is that what it says? And by prayer. And by fasting. And by doing unto others as you would have them do unto you. That that's not what it says. And by his generosity, or his generous giving, he shall stand. You missed it. But a generous man, say that's me, say I want that gift, devises generous things. And by his generosity, he shall stand. That doesn't mean much to you until you understand what the word stand means in Hebrew. The word stand in Hebrew is the word quam, spelled Uh, Q-U-M. Watch this. Pronounce uh, K-O-O-M. So depending on where you're at in America, you're going to say that several different ways. Quam. Here here it is. Watch this. Watch this. And by his generosity, he shall quam. You ready for this? Okay. Where are my shorts at now? Okay, What's this. It means, and by generosity, he shall arise suddenly after falling. All right. (laughs) Y'all don't speak the king's English here in Denver. And by his generosity... He shall arise suddenly, or I left one part out, and violently after falling. You're you're not hearing what I'm saying. Which means when I'm a generous giver, I may get knocked down, but I'm like a bobblehead. (laughs) I'm going to bounce right back up suddenly. Some of you are getting ready to experience a bounce back in your life. You were down for the count. Nobody thought you'd be able to get up. But you are a generous giver. And since you're a generous giver, God says you're getting ready to arise suddenly. Somebody shout, arise suddenly. It happened so fast, people didn't even figure out you were knocked down in the first place. People didn't even know the hell you were going through. People didn't even know you didn't know where your next meal was coming from. People didn't even know that you didn't have enough gas. Who am I talking to? But God says, I'm going to make you arise suddenly after falling. How five somebody say, I may have fallen, but watch me get back up suddenly. Baby, it happens so fast, it's like one of those horror movies. They shoot you ten times, but you get back up. They lie on you, but you get back up. They say you ain't going to go nowhere, but you get back up. They say you're not going to be nobody, but you get right back up. Shout Jesus in this place. But a generous man devises generous things. And by his generosity, he shall arise suddenly. This is somebody's word. Over these next few weeks, God's going to orchestrate stuff that you've been trying to put together for years. And he's going to pull stuff together and pull wave after wave after wave and put piece after piece after piece in place for you. And it's going to look like suddenly... People are going to look at you and say, man, this is an overnight success. And you're going to look back and say, well, it was one of the longest nights of my life. But it looks like it happened suddenly. One day you didn't have enough, but the next day you had more than enough. One day your children weren't serving the Lord. The next day they laying hands and praying for you. One day you couldn't find anybody you had anything in common with. And the next day God sends you your... He, he says. <laughs> but a generous man. I need every business owner to get a seat in your hand and run into this altar right now. Every business owner in this place, get a seat in your hand right now and run into this altar. I want to pray for you right now. God's getting ready to raise up some bu- Your business owner? Your business owner? Just come here. Come here. Father, in the name of Jesus, by her generous giving, shall she arise and stand creativity is going to fall to you like never before stand right here come here your business owner by your generous giving shall you arise and stand come here your bit father in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus your business owner by your generous giving shall you arise and stand by your generous giving shall you arise and stand. Put it put that there, darling. Come. By your generous giving shall you arise and stand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. By your generous giving shall you arise and stand. If you're on the internet campus, put the camera on. If you're on the internet campus, you need to be soaring. By your generous giving shall you arise and stand. By your generous giving shall you arise and stand. In the next 18 months, you're going to go into another economic bracket. There's going to be an additional zero added. By your generous giving shall you arise and stand. I think there's some people in this place that say, God, I want this gift. If you're unemployed and you're looking for a job, get down here. Get a seat in your hands and get down here. Move quickly, please. I don't mean to speak so strongly. I just, you got to flow while the anointing's moving here. By your generous giving shall a position be created for you. And shall ye arise and stand? Look at me. The next few years of your life are going to make the previous years of your life look inconsequential. You have not seen anything yet. Do you hear what I'm telling you? God says, if you will become generous in your giving of your substance, he's going to make these next few moments of your life, make all of the hell you've endured look as if it was inconsequential. Do you believe that? Father, in the name of Jesus, you're looking for a job? By your generous giving shall you stand. And you're going to stop being frustrated with yourself. You're going to stop being frustrated with yourself. God says, like he told the children of Israel in Deuteronomy to turn north because they were circling around the same mountain. God says, last month you made your last circle around that mountain. You ain't circling around that no more. And by your generous giving shall ye stand in the name of Jesus. By your generous giving shall you stand. By your generous giving shall you stand. By your generous giving shall you stand. So you see, Donna. By your generous giving shall you stand. By your generous giving shall you stand. Come on, I need some of y'all praying in this place. By your generous giving shall you stand. By your generous giving shall you stand. there's There's some funds tied up somewhere that you're not even aware of fully. And God says, through your generous giving, it's going to be almost like there's, a, uh, there's an inheritance, almost like something to do with, with it's years. It's, it's in your bloodline. And God says, he's going to open it up and reveal it to you through your generous giving. Hallelujah. 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 If you got If you got kids that are crazy, and acting crazy uh, oh, y'all got real quiet right there if you got some children that's out of order right now you need to get them in order come on down here come on down here don't you miss this don't you miss this I need the rest of y'all standing and praying I need the rest of y'all standing and praying hallelujah come come, uh, come, and y'all sing something here Lift your hands at this altar. By your generous giving, so your children arise from what looks like they've fallen. By your generous giving. He said, Bishop, it doesn't even make any sense. What do you mean by my generous giving? God says, by your generous giving, your children shall rise up and be the men and women of God that they are ordained to be. I declare that while they're thinking about sex God's going to change what's on their mind and turn it to the spirit while they're thinking about drugging God's going to change that and turn it to the spirit by your generous giving I release a word into your lives I release a word into your families I said I release a word into your families that your children should be breakers I said that your children should be the curse breakers I said, your children should be the curse breakers. Yes, Lord. Your children should be the ghost, uh, the uh, curse breakers. Yes, oh,
1: no. Experiences are what people love the most about travel.